Welcome to the Genuinely You podcast channel, which is packed with advice and tips on how to live your life with purpose. Do you wish you felt happy and fulfilled? Are you feeling stuck, wishing things could be better? Are you ready to take some action and create the life you want? To start living an empowered life, you need to recognize and make full use of the power and freedom that comes from being genuinely you. Your host is Gina Gardner, a number one best-selling author whose whole life has been about supporting people to achieve personal empowerment, helping people just like you recognize that they can. And how can we deal with that more effectively? Why is it that people's harsh words have such an impact on us and that impact can stay for such a long time? I'd like to structure this in a particular way this morning and look at, first of all, why is it that people are mean? You know, what is, what's going on under the scenes when very often there are unkind words said when there's no apparent reason. Yes, and um, there's not many people in the world who would admit to being unkind. I think most of us think that generally speaking we're kind. So there's this paradox, isn't there? Of Absolutely, nobody's unkind and yet people feel that people are being unkind to them. Which definitely proves, in my head, the fact that when people are unkind to you, it's not because they're meaning to be necessarily. Absolutely. <laughs> so the structure is we're going to look at why is it that we believe that people are being unkind and why are they being unkind? And then how can we deal with that in a different way yeah. that's more effective and doesn't actually um, create the, the long period of time that we often dwell on Yes. which goes on for hours and days and sometimes months and years and decades. <laughs> yes, I've got some examples that I'm still mulling over. <laughs> so I have, um, I, my belief is that generally speaking, people are doing the best that they can. Yes. And so very often when we interpret what people are saying, um, it's because that person is, uh, the person who has said offhand words or unkind words mm -hmm. is wrapped up in their own stuff yes that they're busy dealing with life in the very best way that they can and as a result they are not aware um, of the other person in the way that perhaps they ought to be yes um, and that they say things in a, a an offhand way a particular tone of voice yes and we've talked about habitual patterns of behaviour and so often what you have is one person um, having a habitual way of being yes. which then triggers old stuff in the person who's on the receiving end yes. and they go into that place where someone's used that tone of voice or those words many years ago yes. and they were upset or hurt about that and they then interpret those words in the same way as they do with the original situation. Yeah, there's, there's um, a phrase that I've uh, heard recently, and I'm quite interested in it because my next book actually features this theme, which is you don't have to become what you have had done to you. Absolutely not. But, but you know, that phrase is like an aspirational one because I think it is easier for human nature to follow the habits, to follow the modelling of what has been done to them. So people who are generally speaking, unkind, I think, are just unthinking and unchallenging of how they behave yeah. in life and haven't questioned enough about how they were treated or how they are treated, perhaps. And there's no doubt that patterns of behaviour get repeated. You know, children who are abused mm. 
don't yes. always, but it's more common for people who are abused to um, actually uh, go on and be, be abusive. Yes. And that often follows patterns of drinking, and I have to make it very, very clear. Mm-hmm. There are many people who have been abused yes. who do not go on. Yes. They break the pattern, and they're very determined that that will not happen to their children yes. or to uh, other people. But, for example, if you look at, at patterns of alcoholism, yeah, with children who are exposed to parents who drink excessively, yeah. um, are, it's not uncommon for them to become drinkers. Yeah. Now, there is a, a, a school of thought which says that, that there is a, a genetic mm-hmm. link to that. And I don't want to get into that. Let's stick no. with unkind words. Because it's a useful metaphor, isn't it, in the sense yeah. that unkind behaviour, unthinking behaviour yeah. can actually be the source of it, can just be a habit. Absolutely. But very often it's <clears throat> the person who is saying the words perceived to be unkind uh-huh. is one thing. Yeah. But so much of it is how we interpret what we are receiving. Yeah. And if you have um, if you believe that people are going to be unkind then you are going to interpret everything that is said in the light of that belief. Yes. If you believe that intrinsically people are lovely and caring, you will interpret what you hear yes. in the light of that belief. Yes. So our beliefs will automatically colour our interpretation of what happens to us. Yes. And part of, of, of the mechanism for that is our beliefs are based very much on what we believe about ourselves. Yeah. So if we believe that we are of no account, you will look for evidence that people treat you in a way that demonstrates you are of no account. Yes. You'll also be much less likely to put up boundaries that are effective. Mm-hmm. And so when people treat you unkindly or speak to you unkindly, you will assume that that's all you deserve. Yes. And so you will accept it and then internalise that in a very different way than if you've got a good sense of self-worth. And if somebody says something, you're more likely to, to interpret that as they're having a bad day. Yes. Or that there's something going on for them yes. rather than they are being yeah. deliberately unkind to you. And it's a very subtle in the moment yeah. uh, sort of response, isn't it? Yes. So if somebody's unkind to, to a person and they can respond with, why do they hate me so much? Or they can respond with, what's up with them? Why are they, why are they having such a bad day? Yes. And it's a very subtle you know, difference, isn't it? But, but massively in terms of the then, you know, what then follows, the ripples that, that are coming out from it's it. It's like the tip of the iceberg, isn't it? Yeah. It appears to be such a small difference, but it's actually fundamental. Yes. And you know, when you look at what other people say in today's program we're talking about unkind words but this is true of unkind actions to a large extent too what i find most interesting is however much we think of other people being unkind to us the people who are generally most unkind to us is us (laughs) and the words that we say about ourselves and to ourselves are generally speaking the most unkind and the ones which cup and that keep going round and round and round in our heads. Yes. So for me, the fundamental thing is if somebody is being um, saying words that you initially interpret as being unkind, is to um, 
stop and consider for a moment. Is that the reality or is there a possibility that that other person is unhappy and hurting? Yes. Because one of the things that I have recognized with working with so many people is that those who are unkind are generally really unhappy. Mm. Yes. And in their being sharp or critical, what they're actually trying to do is to feel better about themselves. Yes. So first line is the likelihood is that they're not being unkind to you, they're just having a bad day mm. and they're caught up with their own stuff. Mm. The next layer is that if they are being deliberately critical and unkind, that's often to make themselves feel better. Yes. Problem is it makes them feel better in the moment then they feel bad about it, which makes them feel worse about themselves, which makes them more likely to be critical. Yeah, and, and so it becomes a vicious circle. Often, the, these thought processes, um, we're talking about them in, a, in quite a linear fashion and, and with cl clarity of language, but the reality of, of living within one's head is that half the time it's occluded, isn't it? It's like walking through fog. And Absolutely. your reactions aren't aren't labelled with. And it's not conscious reaction. No, I mean, you're, you're sort of, you're sort of habitual, unconscious yeah, behaviour. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's, that's the point um, that, that sort of will clear yeah. the fog, is becoming conscious of your language in your head, you know, how much fog is attached to this, and trying to see the labels that are attached to the reactions, yeah. so sort of, oh yeah, I'm reacting to that because I have a, a, a habit, or I have a trigger point of this, and, all of that is, is a construct that takes a long time to develop. <laughs> Awareness is absolutely crucial. Mm. And many people go through their lives completely oblivious. Mm. And I think for me, that um, the first mm. thing is to consider why we've got two ears and a mouth. <laughs> yeah. And I think we need to listen twice as hard as we see. Mm. And actually be aware <clears throat> of our own words be aware of the tone of voice, because so often it's the tone, it's not what's said, it's the way in which it's said yes. that has the impact. Yes. And tone of voice, I think, is one of the most powerful triggers that takes us back to old stuff. Really, and also, when you point out people's tones to them, it's, it's the most deniable thing. Yes, what? People, people what just say, I just said, said yeah. and I say to them, you didn't just say, did you? It was the way in which you said, it yeah. was the energy behind it. Yes. You know, you, yes, the words themselves are innocuous. I mean, the word <laughs> thank you yes. is a word that you know, we celebrate and yes. say you should thank people. But if you say thank you, yeah. uh, it's got a very, very <laughs> different meaning. Yes. So I think recognising that what you say does not necessarily land as you have intended it. Yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah. And on the receiving end, am I receiving this mm. actually as it was intended? Mm. Or am I having a bad day today? Am I feeling very sensitive today? Yes. You know, have I got out of the wrong side of the bed? Am I tired, hungover, hormonal? Yes. Or am I just feeling bad about myself? So anything is going to be interpreted in the light of the fact that actually. I don't feel very good about myself. Yes. And so the unconscious antennae mm. are looking for trouble. Yes. yes. And of course, if you look for it, you're going to find it. Yeah, but the law of abundance is very clear on this. What, what you focus yeah. on is, is what will arrive. And, you know, I work with my youngest client's been five, and my oldest client has been 85. Mm. And the, the 
this is a really common thing. Mm. You know, children at school, they were unkind to me. My teachers been unkind to me. My parents are unkind to me. Mm. When actually, when you start to unpick, parents are uh, wanting their children to do even better. Yeah. And so are, are telling them how they might improve. Child's interpretation, my parent doesn't love me, um, nothing I do is right. And many people carry that into adulthood. And so if you're a parent, I would say to you, always reassure your child that you love them, but you don't like the behavior. So you criticize the behavior. And as a teacher, I would often say to children, I care about you. I care about you too much to let you get away with this because you have so much more potential. Which is very different to saying, that's not good enough, you're not good enough, you're silly, you're stupid, you, you can't do that, you never amount to anything. The motivation of the speaker is often a very pure one. It's just very badly done. Now, when you get to be in the situation where you get teenagers, they're really exploring, aren't they, the world and how they feel about themselves. And teenagers go through so much angst. Yes. And I think times have never been more difficult for teenagers because there was a time when they could come home, close the door, and recover themselves before going out the next morning. But now with social media, they are constantly bombarded with other people's comments, with um, images of how they should look and be. And they try things out, they don't work, and they're there for perpetuity. And so they can't adjust because it's out on social media. Um, and I think that's one of the, the major reasons why youngsters, there's so many youngsters on antidepressants, self-harming and so on. And of course, we take those feelings into adulthood. And I would suspect that the vast majority of the people who are listening to this are adults. But interestingly, although we may have the birthdays, yep. emotionally, many people, particularly when they're triggered, mm -hmm. go back to being five or eight or ten yeah. when somebody said something unkind to them. And recognizing that you now have the maturity, if you choose to use it, mm -hmm. to do things differently. People have heard me say many times, if you always do what you've always done, yep. you're going to get the same result. And that's very true about the way in which you react openly and internally to people who are being unkind to you. Yes. And it's very easy to react to them in exactly the same way that you did when you were in the playground, when somebody was being unkind to you. Yeah. <clears throat> and there's that sense of, sort of, you know, being helpless. Because when you were in that playground, when you were that young, yeah. Often you were very helpless. Yes. You were very powerless. I had this discussion with my um, young teenage daughter um, where there, there is a situation with a particular person who she doesn't really want any contact with. Um, and she feels very powerless. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> she feels that this person, sorry for my voice, <clears throat> I should try to clear it. She feels that this person's been very unkind to her. It's all in the past. Yes. She doesn't need to have a lot of contact with this person but her father is potentially going to make it so that this this person is more of her uh, in her life than she is comfortable with she can't get it across to her father how hurt and betrayed she feels um, by this particular person 
for lots of complex reasons. Humans are very complex. But in, in, it all just boils down to, in my view, that the, the, the problem in inverted commas that she has is that she believes that she is powerless in this. And of course, if you believe you're powerless, <coughs> that's the reality. Yeah, and, and like most things in the universe, in, in mathematical yeah. equations, if, if you take away the balance on one side of the scales, then by nature you, you're handing power to, yeah. to this other. This other person probably doesn't even, isn't aware that that Esme yeah. is handing power to yeah. her, but, um, but because Esme is believing she's powerless, she has effectively done that energetic shift. Yes. So, so I sat her down and I tried to sort of, you know, explain, and, and, and it boiled down to, Esme, you are power, you do have power. You may not have as much power as you think you need now to resolve the situation to your satisfaction, but that's sort of a separate subject, because maybe the resolution to your satisfaction is not right, not appropriate. But you do have power. Mm -hmm. Little tiny decisions of, no, I will not place myself in that situation. I, I don't have to be in a place where I feel like I'm being attacked, for yes. instance. <clears throat> tiny little movements uh, in, in well, the grand scheme of the universe. Yes. yes. But, but the first step is for her to truly say, I do have some power. Well, I can do some things. And that, for me, is, is the pivotal thing. If you believe you have no power, you have no power. Mm. If you recognise that actually everything you do is your choice, and every choice has consequences, mm. and alongside that, you recognise that for each of us is responsible for our emotional well-being. But what many people do is they give the responsibility of their emotional state to other people. Yes. I'll be happy if you're nice to me. I'll feel comfortable if you behave in a very specific way. Yes. Once mm. people realise that actually I am responsible for how I feel. Nobody can make me upset, angry, frustrated, unhappy, yeah. unless I actually allow them to. Yeah. Therein lies the power. And the interesting thing for me is that it's a, a, a paradigm shift. It's, it's, an, it's an instantaneous recognition that if I do not give that other person the power to my emotional well-being, I have all the power. Yes. Um, yes. And it's not about big words or big movements. It's about what goes on internally. And again, again, another complexity. Having all the power is actually quite scary. <laughs> because now you can't be just like, oh, well, they made me do it. Now, Absolutely. You, if you're going to accept all of the power in one situation, then you've accepted it in every situation. And, and that can be daunting, can't it? It can, but it's the recognition, I think, which comes alongside that is, whilst I have the responsibility for what I do, what I say, how I do it, when, if I do it at all, but also that we are here to learn. And that you're never going to get it right immediately, all at once. And so the responsibility is not only what you do, but actually to give yourself the opportunity to learn from each situation. And recognise that none of us work. Yeah. Um, and that it's within the learning where the perfection comes.
Yes, because I think that once my daughter has really cottoned on to the fact that she's a powerful being, as yes. we all are, she will then begin to acknowledge that mistakes are made. Yes. <clears throat> she's on both sides. Yeah. She's a powerful being and she's still making mistakes. Yes. And, and that maturity of learning will begin to actually, so she looks out upon these unkind people and she yes. will begin to see that their behaviour is a behaviour of another powerful person also. who makes mistakes. Absolutely. And within that is the kernel of, of you know, forgiveness and acceptance. And, and you can begin to separate the, the behaviour that's yeah. been done to you from, from the, the hurt reactions, the yes. trigger reactions that you get. And you start to have that space and time to be able to think, no, 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 I don't, I don't have to react, I don't have to accept that I hurt. I think that's, that's a really vital point, that you have a responsibility in terms of what you do, but you also have a choice as to whether you accept what other people give you. Now, if they're giving you a bunch of flowers, that's great, but if they're handing you something which is nasty, you don't have to take it. Yeah. You don't have to internalize it. You can leave it sort of out here um, and allow yourself the gift of saying, do you know, that's your stuff. You keep it. It's your anger. You keep it. It's your vitriol. You keep it. I don't want it. I'm not going to internalize it. But I'm quite interested in your viewpoint, really, about how you, if, if you feel someone has been unkind, yeah. and you've done your sort of, you know, thought processes around resolving why you feel hurt and triggered by it, and accepting that a lot of it may be to do with you, how you approach the education, yes. for want of a better word, the education of the other person to tell them that they, their behaviour has had this effect on them. Because I think a lot of people reach for that, as in they don't feel that it can be truly resolved unless person H for hurt has has had it yeah. made clear to them. <laughs> and I think I think that's an interesting one. And for me, if you're dealing with this, the first thing is you have to get yourself under control first. That if you try and deal with this while you are hurting, while you are angry, frustrated, and so on. What's likely to happen is you're going to fight fire with fire yeah. or you're going to back somebody into a corner and if people are backed into a corner then usually they go into attack is the best form of defence. Yes. So the first thing is give yourself some space to get yourself under control. Yeah. And then to, um, to be able to confront the issue not be confrontational. Yes. We talked about that before. Yes. And to say to the other person in a very neutral voice, I'd like to talk to you about um, what happened earlier today or yesterday or whenever it is. Yeah. When you use that tone of voice or when you say those things, mm. the impact on me is this. Mm. Not you made me feel blah, mm. but your, your words and your actions have an impact mm. and it's something I'd rather that you didn't do mm. um, or can we find a, together another way of doing it mm. um, because um, you know what's going on mm. is destructive and mm. I don't want it to be. But in a situation where you've sort of been hurt and we talked about it with the Thrive Tribe last night didn't we, my, my particular situation with an old old friend who, who <clears throat> the friendship had declined a great deal a long time ago, but recently um, she interpreted my behaviour yes. as being unkind to her, 
although my intention was kindness, strangely enough. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, but she definitely was upset with me and so was unkind in, yes. in return to me. <clears throat> and uh, she's cut off all, all access, um, so to speak. Um, and I wonder if I should just now just let that just let that float or whether I should reach for a higher self myself and try to sort of acknowledge that I realised I hurt her, realised that whilst trying to be kind, I was actually unkind. Or, or it was interpreted. Or whether that will just sort of, you know, air the flame again. <laughs> well, I think this is at a number of levels. And first, I think at an energetic level, that, that your realisation has been an important one. And that you, in, in the doing that and acknowledging that, that what you did with good intentions was misinterpreted mm. um, and that you are sorry for the hurt that that created. Mm. I think at an energetic level, I do think in some way mm. that that goes through. Um, however, often trying to make reparation yes. is something that if we've done something wrong that we feel we need to do that or there is a sense that that other person needs to make reparation to us. Mm. When it's, remember, we only have control over us. So right. if you have done something wrong and you're feeling you know, bad about it, my first point is always, if it is possible to put it right or to at least apologise in a heartfelt way, then do it. Mm. If it's not possible, in this case, you have no way of contacting them, then I think you have to send energetic love, if you like, and say, I'm really sorry that this has happened. I'm very grateful for the friendship we had when we had it, but it's past. Mm. And I think you know, there are friends for a reason, friends for a season, friends mm. for a lifetime. Mm. And there are times when we grow out of that friendship, out of that, um, that connection. And I think the thing to do is to learn from it in future relationships. Yes. Interestingly, with relationships, we all have a blueprint of how it should be. Mm -hmm. Shoulds are very dangerous mm -hmm. because the other person will also have a blueprint of how they think it should be. Yeah. And most of the time, they don't no, completely don't match. Age, they? <laughs> or they match a little bit, but not completely. And so I think, is this the recognition that we are all flawed? We're perfect, but all of us are doing the best we can with the resources we have available at the moment. Mm. That doesn't let us off the hook no. from doing things that are deliberately unkind. No. However, I think if, we, if that's our starting point on the receiving end, you're going to be far less likely to be hurt. Mm. I also believe it's really important that you know, we cannot deal with other people. We can't change them. Only they can change them. Mm -hmm. But we can affect a huge change in ourselves by firstly being really aware of, of what we do and say, but also recognising how often we interpret things when there is the potential for there to be a whole range of interpretation. Yeah. And if somebody says something that we feel that's unkind or unfair, I think unfairness is the one that gets most people going, yeah. is yeah, to be able to, to say to that person, when they've got themselves under control. Do you know what? I think that was rather unfair. Mm. Um, and that was not my intention, or this is what I've been trying to do. Mm. But I'd like to spend the last few minutes that we have around how often we are unkind to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And 
that the, the things that we say to ourselves about oh, we're not good enough, we're not clever enough, not rich enough, not beautiful enough, mm -hmm. not, not enough in mm -hmm. some way, those are the words that go to the very core of us. Mm -hmm. And they're the ones that are most difficult to shift mm -hmm. because they come from us. Yeah. Um, and if you are somebody who you know, puts yourself down, who disses your ability, who gets in first before other people can do it, mm. I think I would really urge you to get some help because mm. fundamentally that's going to impact on your life, throughout your life, mm. within every relationship you have. Because mm. every relationship you have with others is a reflection of the relationship that you have with yourself. Yeah. And so the most damaging unkind words mm. are your own. Mm. Um, and you know, question how often you are unkind to yourself, how often you dismiss yourself as not being able to do something, yeah. as not being capable, as not being enough. Yes. And we are all enough. Yes. That doesn't mean we don't strive to be the better version of ourselves. Mm -hmm. But actually, if you are consistently um, using words to yourself which diminish you, which make you small, yeah. then it's time to stop, it's time to do something about it. Yes. Um, and to take that very seriously. Yes. Because that's a particularly human um, aspect, isn't it? You don't see that in the human world, uh, in the animal world, I should say. You don't see cats and dogs and horses sort of moping around saying, I'm, I'm not a good enough dog. No. I, I, I'm not. <laughs> Um, I am a cat that is not cat-like enough. No. They just get on with it, don't they? They do. <laughs> um, and I think that for me, I've worked with so many people now, and the thing that makes the most fundamental difference is when people take that step mm -hmm. from I, I'm not enough, that mm -hmm. I, uh, I can't measure up, mm -hmm. to recognising that they have the potential to be or do whatever they believe and whatever they want to be. Mm. And that they truly step into their path. Yes. Because when they do, not only are they no longer unkind to themselves, mm. and not being unkind does not mean being indulgent. No. I think there's a huge difference. Yeah. Being indulgent is not being loving to yourself. Being no, no, loving no. and being kind to yourself yeah. is treating yourself as you would a really valued best friend. Yeah. Um, and then, when you do that, other people have less capacity to harm you mm. and you have less wish to harm yourself. Mm. Yeah, and therefore other people. Absolutely. Mm. So I'd like to thank you for being on today's show. Um, really think about how you talk to yourself and talk to other people and how you receive other people's words. And you know, if you take nothing else from today's um, programme, what I would urge you to do is to think about how you perceive yourself. Do you have a great relationship with yourself? Because whether you're um, talking about a friend, a significant other, you're talking about a work colleague, friends or whoever, that relationship is going to be significantly impacted by the way you think about yourself. So thanks very much. There's loads of information on the website. You can access the new TV show, uh, Genuinely You Show, by going onto the website, www.
genuinely-u.com. Um, you'll find a free download, a digital download of the latest best-selling book, um, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways of Happiness, Success and Fulfillment. All the rest of my books are on the website and on Amazon, and you'll find uh, Rachel's book pointed me on Amazon too. So thanks for joining us and look forward to seeing you the next time. Take care now. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-you.com today to find out more.